longtime listeners of this program will know uh, that I, I don't mean to speak for you here, but I think I, I have it pretty well um, understood that we love the near series. Love it. I actually can't get enough of it. Um, I listen to the, the near soundtrack when I'm working uh, and it makes me feel like I'm transcending. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I suppose, like, how far is too far with it? With it? You know, uh, have you seen that all the characters from Automata and Replicant are in PUBG now? Oh, no. Okay, so does that mean you've now become the biggest PUBG fan in the world? Um, no, because it's not free. Oh, yeah, it is free now, isn't it? Do you have- it's on Game Pass. It's on Game Pass, and I think it, it went free to play this summer. No, oh, there you Remember? go. Yeah, because we were surprised. Because yeah. we were like, oh, yeah. People still that playing this? <laughs> yeah. um, no, I, I'm not. Uh, I think that might partially be because me and my friends just got into Fortnite. Because now um, um, the building mode is, or the non-building it's mode gone. is a permanent, permanent. addition. It's real. Yeah. Um, but I love the near series but like i think maybe seeing them in every single multiplayer game is like perhaps a little much do you know what i mean yeah it's not needed it's not needed though also a new ooh, smash oh. character oh 2b come on would oh would it be kind of like the ice climbers where it's 2b and 9s <laughs> and you like you and control like she throws 9s too yeah, <laughs> yeah 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 i'd like that um but i i think that like Oh, and you could like the one of the alternate costumes would be Kaine and um Ooh, I like that. Uh, they'd have to severely alter yeah. Kaine's outfit though. 100%. Like, just, you're actually right. She would never make no, it into the yeah. game. Well, they did alter, I will say for PUBG, they altered 2B's outfit. Um where now like cuz I think she wears like knee-high stockings. That makes sense. Um in, it's on in brand. the the game. Uh, and then has some skin up to her skirt, you know. Let me let uh, me just Google she... that real quick just to see. To be uh, be very careful, perhaps. Stockings. <laughs> uh, okay. Justin, I can't hear you over the thousands of viruses oh, you've gotten wow. from okay, the websites yeah. you're on. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, uh, they they altered her outfit so that it's like she's got like uh, leggings on underneath everything. Oh, okay. Um, I imagine because, well, when you drop out of a plane in those games you really just see underneath the character huh yeah yeah yep. but my okay but but i think near the near series is in a uh peculiar place in terms of crossovers because they've always sort of said like everything is canon so that means like yo this happened in the near series <laughs> well it, like this is a great transition to talk about morbius uh, i haven't uh, seen it nor did you I'm seeing that on Tuesday. Oh, no. Well, first <laughs> of all... Because it's $5 Tuesdays, okay. and I'm not going to pay more than $5 yeah. to see Morbius. Yeah. Um, but, like, all this stuff about Morbius, like, what universe are we in? And there's all these conflicting reports. And isn't uh, some, uh, Charles Toombs, what's the name of the... of uh, uh, Adrian Toombs. Adrian. I knew it was a name like that. So Adrian Toombs is in it. But, like, what does that mean? What? What? What does it all uh, mean? Does that mean Morbius? Is this the Marvel Cinematic Universe? What, no, you know what? Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Tell me. Spider-Man has Spider changed the game. I cannot watch anything anymore and assume that it's true in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Uh, I think it's my understanding Morbius is in uh, like the Sony Spider-Man Universe. 
Mm-hmm. So like the one that Venom takes place in, which mm-hmm. if you haven't seen those movies, you probably shouldn't. Uh, they're not very good. Um, <laughs> and not even real. Like the first one's not very good in like a not even fun way. The second one is like laughably bad. Uh, there's a part where Carnage hacks into a computer and like all the, um, like the screen is like a, it's like a Carnage like UI. So it's like oh, all red. And like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how hacking works. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, uh, so, okay. So I think Morbius is a part of, is with that. And I think Adrian Toomes, now I haven't seen it, but the director for the movie was just straight up tweeting out spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, like when it, when it premiered. Uh, to my understanding, Adrian Toomes made the jump in the same at the same time as Venom when when he Got made it. the jump. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, I do have to say, um, Moon yeah. Knight is a better version of Venom so far. I haven't watched it. Uh, is it good? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's uh, very like I don't know where it's going on with it, but they have the mm. whole voice narrating in your head situation mm, going on mm, that mm-hmm. sounds pretty much exactly like the like the, venom. the venom voice so um uh except i feel like it just fits a little bit better tonally <laughs> with yeah. what they're doing but, that's fair yeah uh do you um I, I so i was going to watch moon knight and then i didn't instead i watched coda which we talked about last oh. week uh, so the, the coda if you're not familiar is is the movie that won the best picture uh academy award did you did you say you watched a stage version of it? Yeah, so uh, someone did a 30-minute cutting of the story. Um, oh. And uh, I'm sure it had the major plot beats to it. Um, but it was, like, like very emotional, very good. I enjoyed it. And I can only imagine watching it with, like, you know, some Oscar-nominated and Oscar-winning actors in it would make it a little bit uh, more emotional. Um, I, like... Not a, not a not to be dramatic. I think it might have been one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that movie is quite good, quite good. Where'd you watch um, it on? Uh, what do you mean, like a TV? Yeah, like wh- like where did you like? Oh, it's through. on Apple Plus. Okay, so I still have that or because Apple... I haven't canceled it since uh, since Ted, Ted Lasso, Lasso <laughs> which has been quite yeah. a while. <laughs> yeah, they tried to do. I, I saw an ad for Joseph Gordon-Levitt as like a teacher doing like a Ted Lasso. I was like, no, I think it only works in this one very specific. Right. Right. Thing. Um, yeah. So that, that is on Apple plus Coda. Very good movie. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, and I had no expect, like I, w- I was watching it. Like my mom suggested we watch it and I was like, yeah, all right, let's see what this is about. And by the end I was like, wow, wow. I'm, yeah, I'm this a changed is, person. Yeah. Um, quite good, quite good. But we're not going to talk about. We're not here to talk about movies. We're here to talk about video games. It's hip What's in the fucking box? What's going on, everyone? Welcome b- 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 back to Hitbox episode number 86 Damn. out of uh, a million. 358. Oh, wow. That's that was a very specific number. Yeah. What, what, One of us will have perished. I mean, good good chances of that. I don't want to. Oh, I, no. I, no, okay. I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> Morbius. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry, that got dark. I didn't mean it for. Uh, <laughs> I meant it for. I meant it to be fun, but the way that the world is 
a lot you, of you just these never things know. are not never fun know. anymore. Yeah, so I rescind that. I take it back. Uh, this podcast is eternal and will go on until the heat death of the universe uh, in the year. Hmm? What year? What year? I'm not going to say it because I also don't want to think about it. Um, I've gotten away from myself. My name is Peter Hunspatek. Joining me, as always, is my wonderful friend and co-host, Justin Makovich. How are you, Justin? Please get us away from this headspace that I, I'm I don't, in. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to a different space, but um, speaking of morbid uh Morbius has an audience score on Rotten Tomatoes of 69, so I thought that was worth sharing right here. That's awesome. What yeah. is its critic score? It's a 17 percent. So it went up a little bit. Yeah, we always talk about the disparity with uh, critic ratings. Uh, so 17 versus 69. Uh, Though I I couldn't think of a better audience score for this movie based on what I'm hearing. No, so no. Well, uh, I'll give you an update on that as well as the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Ooh, two. Sonic Two, which I'm seeing on Thursday night midnight premiere. <laughs> Me and my friend Kevin are going. Oh yeah. Um, it's it's kind of a fun like little commemoration because the first Sonic movie was the last movie I saw in theaters before COVID hit, and it was like one of those things where it was kind of like yo, this might have been the last movie isn't that <laughs> insane that covid happened yeah. when it, when sonic was out and like during covid they basically put this whole film together the sequel yes and it's out yes 100 percent. so um what a world wow what a world huh what a world uh let's take a look at what we're talking about today this was a big news week uh big news project spartacus is here not called that obviously uh, wow. It's, I mean, it's just called you never like know. <laughs> PlayStation Plus Creative, but like tiers, you know, there's different tiers for it. Uh, we'll, we'll detail all that, uh, as well as the delay of the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild sequel, the cancellation of E3, and what the hell is going on with Blue Box Game Studios, and so much more. But before we get to all of that, Justin, uh, what have you been playing this week? Uh, I gotta admit, I haven't played, like, this is my spring break re- week. Um, yeah. And by the way, I'm a little sad today, everyone, because spring break. It's, a, it's the last um, day, huh? Yeah, the last day. Uh, we're mm. recording this on Sunday, and uh, it's uh, back to reality tomorrow. Yeah, um, back to work. Sorry to hear it, man. And I guess I, I had a very productive spring break that I did a lot of stuff, but what, what basically happened was I didn't have any day of nothing. Yeah. And if you ask me what I like in, when on my day off, it's nothing. I don't like anything. Even if it's like a skit, like if I have to go to the dry cleaners, it's a yeah. 10 minute trip that will, that will ruin my day. Not yeah. ruin it. It's just not off, but it's like, it's like a whole thing you got to yeah, do. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, so I had a, a week full of whole things. Um, and it was just like one of those things when every day I was like, yeah, I'm free that day. Yep. I'm free that day. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, again, not like just hanging out with people stuff. A lot of it was like, you know, people coming to the house to do some work and me like going yeah. to appointments and like things like that. But, uh, so I didn't play as much as I wanted, but I, uh, I have, I've stuck with that Elden Ring game. Yeah. Um, and I, it's, I think I said that this might be what I say for the rest of the year, um, about how I'm looking for a way, a reason to stop, but then yeah. I just keep going back to it just keep going on and on because there's something about it that makes it really easy just to kind of pick up and i know that's like the the weirdest thing to say because like it's a very inaccessible game but like Mm -hmm. also it's just easy to do something and get a little bit of accomplishment or a little bit forward um in the game um so i basically uh after i beat stormvale castle i kind of skipped right to the academy 
um, mm-hmm. and uh, I beat the first boss, the mini boss in there. And is that the the dog with the sword? Yeah, the puppy dog. Yeah, yeah. I beat that thing. Uh, very. I am still like incredibly under leveled for this area. Oh, um, I'm like level thirty eight. Oh, right. Yeah, that sounds that's low. Pretty low. That's pretty low. Yeah. So that's my situation right now. Um, but are you using any of the golden runes? What's a golden rune? Okay, so okay, so there are consumable items that you've been finding. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've been running into those. Yes, I, I haven't yes. been using all of them. Um, but like I, I use them to like top off if I'm yeah trying to level when, up. when you're trying to get yeah. a level. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, I also found a really cool area. Um, I basically. Uh, killed this ghost in a boat, and then this one guy was like, mm-hmm. hey, you get this thing, go to this one guy, I'll teleport you there. And you get to this really high-level area, um, and then there's these, like, really, like, mousy creature things with, like... Well, goblins with yeah, sticks. Yeah, goblins with yeah. sticks that are really strong, but, like, they're really easy to, like, just kind of cheese and, like, sneak up behind. So it's a yeah. good place to, like, do some leveling up. So I can do that, but I still haven't found the need to it, except I, I'm pretty much the point where I, I need it to, like, yeah. I think beat the boss. So the dog thing took me forever, and then I got to the the final boss woman, whatever her name yes. is. Um, and there's this, like, mini boss before you get to that boss this like just it's like it looks like an invader character it's like a knight character that keeps oh, yeah. wrecking my shit is this right um, right before wait, the boss uh, elevator is this where you have to jump across a little thing and there's like a big ball that rolls down the hill yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um and i've tried everything to beat that guy and i just haven't so it's like mm-hmm. every time i like run to the boss like I only get through one out of every five times to fight the boss. Yeah. Um, and I know, I know I just have to level up and beat this thing. He's it, not like he's impossible. He just hits so hard, like two hits and I'm gone. So yeah. uh, I've just been playing around and like just trying to like, I don't know. I still haven't been like leveling up my character because I still find things that I'm able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, my complaint with this game is I just, I wish that you didn't have to level up to get through areas. And I know that's kind of how they, like, get you through things. But I, I just like how, in a game, that I know I can get here if I have this level. And I know it's a number on top of things. I just wish they had the level, like, suggested level. Uh, like, where you should be. Yeah. 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 So instead of me just being like, oh, this boss is, like, really tough, maybe it's just, like, I don't know if it's tough or I'm just underleveled. Clearly I'm underleveled, yeah. but I just wish they communicated that stuff, and I know that takes away from some of the fun, but that's just what I like in a game. No, so. I, I I agree. I know what you mean. Yeah, but, you know, 35 hours in, here I go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still that, going. That's, that, I mean, that's a, that's a cool <laughs> spot, too, the Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, uh, I'm glad to hear that you're that you're enjoying it at the very least. Um, cause that's basically what I did where I was like, all right, I'll, I'll eventually put this down. Yeah. And then I just didn't. And you just um, keep going a little bit here and there and all of a <laughs> yeah, sudden three yeah. hours have passed and you're like, shit, I was supposed to do something else. Yes. Um, speaking of supposing having to have done something else, I, uh, got the platinum for horizon forbidden West. Okay. Now wait, now hold on. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right. what, what happened here? Okay. So like last time we talked, like I said, uh, I'm, I'm like, yeah, about it, about like the whole game as a whole. I found though. That the game is way better than the story is, and the game is way better than the writing is. Uh, or I guess uh, the game is much better than the writing. I think the story is cool, but I just think that the individual like scene writing is not awesome. Um, I finished the game with like 65% trophy completion. 
And I was like looking at what I had to do. And I was like, okay, actually I could probably do this in a single sitting. If I just, if I, you know, just teleport to all the, or I guess fast travel to all the different yeah. places I need to go and, you know, uh, clean up the, the final few trophies there. Um, and the first ones I did were the combat trainings, like the hunting ground trainings, which like forces you to use certain weapons and do different things. And I know that it's just like part of the onus of that is on me. Cause I just never experimented around. Um, but the weapons that they give you are a lot cooler than the bow and arrows. Uh, <laughs> like you get a machine gun. I had a machine gun. I didn't know. Oh, about. you didn't use that one. No, I was just using uh, a, a, a bow and arrow. Okay, um, or okay. there's like one that, um, it's like you throw like a like a circular saw into one of the enemies and then it shoots back out towards you. And if you catch it and do that three times, then uh, it turns into like a giant grenade. Mm. Like, that's really cool. I would have like, that's so fun. Like, <laughs> why didn't I know about that? And again, like, I know that it's like, oh, well, Peter, you should have just done it. Right. Um, but like, I also feel like that's on the game for not having shown me any of that. They just said, like, you can get more weapons. And I was like, okay, like, I guess I'll just use the ones that you give me because I imagine that those are just, like, the ones that exist. But Yeah, I would I would assume. So this game does has a lot of customization in terms of your character build. Yeah. Um, in terms of the weapons that you use, in terms of the armor that you use, in terms of the type of damage that you do and stuff. And I, I don't think on the base difficulty level that's required to, com- to complete it. What do you like mean? customizing your build? Yes, yes. Um, and I think that does it a disservice because it's not as fun when you're just like chipping away a sliver of health with every bow blast. Well, what I had ended up doing was I just bumped the difficulty down to easy. Yeah, because I was like, this is not fun. I'm getting like mauled by these things every single encounter. Like it's just not during the story playthrough or during the platinum yeah. playthrough. Yeah, during the story playthrough. So I mean, I was doing most of it on easy. Yeah, because it was like you know whatever. Well, and 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 I, and I think that. I started to really understand a lot of the weapons and the weak points and how to like get maximum damage near the end of the game. Uh, yeah. Like uh, it was when I, I got that special bow from killing a character um, that I don't think you killed. Mm-hmm. Um, you get like a special bow. That's like a really high level bow, but it had these like precision arrows that I found a way like on certain enemies could do a thousand damage with one yeah. like perfectly placed weapon. And then like working on like the status effects and stuff like that. So then I, I started to see that, but it was so late in the game that they just don't really tutorialize that stuff or it wasn't set up in a way that made you use the systems that are there that are awesome, but yeah. they don't. Well, I mean, uh, on top of that, like, uh, the melee combat is way, way better in this game. Oh, it's great, yeah. But I didn't know that because I didn't do any of the combat trials. <laughs> and like, I, I again, like, I guess that's on me for not having done that. But ha- but Horizon Forbidden West, how the fuck was I supposed to know that? Like, the amount of icons on your map is insane. Yeah. Right. Like, how how am I supposed to parse? Oh, these are the ones that show you how to play the game and how to like tutorial like all this sort of like these deeper systems. Like, there was. I think that the game should have done a better job of like tutorializing that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, and and I felt so when I was playing through it. I, I got I, uh, dear listener, I'm still like a this is a nine out of ten for me. Like I really enjoyed this game. Sure. Um, the the problem is that when I was playing it on the base difficulty level, I kept naturally leveling up enough, so I never had to grind to get to the next story mission. With the yeah. exception of right before the very last one, I think I had to gain like three levels to before I went to the last mission. And um, 
the I think the problem with that is that I never felt incentivized to do these like hunting and these tougher things because exactly. I didn't need yeah. to um, in order to to progress because I was doing an okay job at that. So I definitely like think it's one of those games that is much deeper than it appears to be on the surface, but they don't a lot like inform you about how to be deeper, like which is in a very straightforward way. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Because it's like. I'm in, you know, the last sitting I'm going to ever have with this game. And I'm like, oh, there's this game's a lot better than it presented itself. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that sucks. Uh, Because I probably would have liked this a lot more and had a lot more fun had it shown me that. Yeah. So, again, I think some people might argue it's on me for not having done that. But I also have to say, what do you want from me, Horizon? Like, it's your job to teach me that you're cool. Well, I, I think this, you know. goes, this goes back to like the Elden Ring situation a little bit because I feel like I, I feel like I'm partially doing a disservice to myself by just playing a shield and sword character with that when mm. I think there's so many interesting spells and Ashes of War and other things that I can use with it. But with a game like Elden Ring, the whole idea is that you're supposed to like go online, talk to people, find yeah. out about like builds and stuff. But that's not the 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 narrative around Horizon. Like you're not going to no. go online to be like what's the best weapon to like be like what's the best build with that. I think it's just the way the story is, it doesn't lead to that kind of like community exploration of the mechanics um that Elden Ring does such a good job at. To your point too from last week um about this game feeling like it was sort of going to be a Mass Effect where it's like the bonds that you made were going to like matter mm-hmm, at all. Mm-hmm. All of the additional side quests that you needed to do um, for the platinum are all about building bonds with people. Right. Whether it's the yeah. people in your in your party, like that you're it's hanging your out with. missions. Yeah, or or there are like go fix all of the problems in the town that you arrive in at the first uh, in the, like the first town, and it's like, yo, okay, this is kind of cool. Like there's some like interesting stories here, but there's no payoff to it. Yep, because you might yeah, get a, whatever a set of armor or something like that that looks weird, but yeah, so. Horizon Forbidden West, I got a platinum for you because I was looking at the rest of the year and I was like, I don't know what else I'm going to platinum. <laughs> so <laughs> I might as well do this. Uh, I also, Justin, picked up Returnal. Ooh, you picked that back up. It was uh, Friday night and I was like, yo, I don't have time to play enough of Ghostwire Tokyo to really say anything about it this week. So I was like, oh, I'll try that uh, Ascension DLC, the Tower of Sisyphus. And... Um, Pop the Returnal disc in my PlayStation. Lo and behold, I don't have a save file anymore because the way that I reviewed it, uh, I had to review it through someone else's PlayStation account. So like, I had to log into their account. So I just don't have a save file for Returnal anymore. And I was like bummed. And then I was like, well, I might as well play until it like introduces me to yeah. the DLC. Yeah. yeah. And then I was like, oh, I forgot. This game is so good. <laughs> this game is like, like, what did I give this? If I didn't give this a nine, I regret it. I did you beat it when you reviewed it? Like, I forget if that. I got to. The, I was stuck on the third yeah, boss. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, by the way, <laughs> so I said I had two sittings with it. Uh, I got to the halfway point. Oh, so I beat great. I beat the second and third boss in the same run. Hell it yeah, was insane. Uh, oh gosh, uh, look, I actually, I need to find this review. Otherwise I'm going to be mad. Um, yeah, so that game was great. And so I unlocked basically to, um, to play the, um, to play the DLC, you need to 
have the grappling hook ability, which you get after beating the second boss. Okay. Um, and so I got that. And so basically today I played a little bit of the Tower of Sisyphus and it adds a good amount of additional story content to it, which was one of the things that I was kind of like iffy about. Um, I gave it a nine. So yeah, good job, Returnal. You deserve that. Um, so yeah, you, you, there is additional story content and I mean the the combat is really good. It's just more of that game. And I think that it's awesome. The, the, the two bosses that I've faced so far uh, in the, the tower of Sisyphus have been like dope. They are the types, the types of bosses in returnal are the kind of things that like, I want to show people where it's like, yo, this is like video games. This is the cool shit. Uh, when you die, do you have to like start from the beginning, right? You start at the beginning of the tower. Okay. So you don't have to like climb up there. Yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah. Cause it's accessible immediately from, the crash site. You just have to use the grappling hook to go up to get a there. ledge yeah, and then yeah. like go inside. Um, but yeah, when if you die, you start at the, at the and you have base to fight of the, the tower. Same bosses again that you beat yep. in the same yep. order, more or less. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if like the rooms are randomized or whatever. I imagine that they probably are. Um, but like it's you, you just have to survive through enough rooms to get to the boss. Uh, so I've beaten two of the bosses. Um, and it's the kind of thing where it's like you get done with one phase and you're like, there's a phase two like that was insane um good freaking game returnal Hell congratulations yeah. on being incredible and the deal like i said the dlc is exactly what you would want out of it yeah it's the uh hitbox button mashing 101 game of the year 2021 was right? it really i thought so right am i crazy no it definitely is yeah 100 is yeah it deserves it. It is so good. It is so good. And but. not on my top 10 list, mostly because... Oh, you didn't get very far, did you? No. no I got to yeah. the second boss. And it, and it does not ring to me to be the type of game you would l- like love. Yeah, it's a, it's a sit-up game. Yes. Through and through. Yes, it absolutely yeah. is. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, after, like, playing... Elden Ring and like that was like such a challenge like it's also nice to like go back and be like oh yeah this is also a challenge but like a different way yeah yeah um but I just it also brings me back to having to review this and I had two days to play it and write the review it was not good um and like I'm panicking like yeah it's good (laughs) I think it's good I think it's good like I like it so far but yeah yeah um I also I played uh, a game for review should be up on Wednesday on Hitbox Day along with this episode called Forgive Me Father. Uh it is a first person shooter. Uh it's like Doom, like like original Doom. Um and it is like about a person looking for their cousin who has been like trapped by a Cthulhu cult and uh it is pretty good. I like it a lot. If you like the original Doom, and want to play a very violent and gory, um, like 2D, 3D art kind of thing, this is for you. Heck yes. Uh, who makes it? Uh, I believe it is a solo dev. Let me okay. take a look here. Um, developed by Bite Barrel? Let's ah. see. I think, yeah, I think this is... Yeah, okay. I believe this is their first game. Nope. They've also made um, a licensed Mythbusters game. Okay, yeah. You know, um, everyone's favorite. Yeah, so yeah, that's... that's. But, like, this seems to be... Uh, th- this has been in, like, an open beta for a while, uh, and it is coming on... Um, it's going to be, like, available for, like, a final... 
like the final version is coming up on uh, April 7th. Uh, this might be my own personal biases and experiences being put into this, but when you say a game like Forgive Me Father, I think of it as some like indie walking simulator um, about yeah. like some like real world issues uh, and like a guitar music playing in the background. Yeah, uh, it's in, I'm actually a little bit curious about why it's called that because it's like a it's like Cthulhu stuff, um, not it like like it's not like a religious thing at all. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, it, it's like that's a cool name, I guess. Um, it, it's uh, but, probably uh, yeah. it probably has to do with like the with uh like forgive me, Father, for I have sin. Probably, I would assume. Yes, yes more like a religious you, tones. You go and you you mow down. A lot of people, but they're yeah. like zombie people. They're like Cthulhu. Are they people, people if they're zombies? That's a great question to ask. One that we can uh, unpack at a later time. I think that Justin, you are extremely right because right now I want to hear about a game you played for review for our podcast. Hitbox the podcast. Tell me all about Moss Book Two. Well, friends, I first have to say is uh, first I am very excited that I picked this game up on our uh, open uh, fantasy critic uh, draft. Sure, um, because uh, this is gonna be. I I am going to assume this game will review pretty well. Um, first of all, uh, thank you uh, to the publisher for providing the code uh, for this review. Um, so I played Moss, the original Moss, and I loved it. Um, and Moss Book Two is more than just more moss. And I think that's a that's a uh, that's a fair critique of a lot of sequels, but what this game does is it like just iterates and improves on literally everything about the original game. So, Moss is a story about uh, the land of Moss. It's very similar to the have you ever read the Redwall series by Brian Drakes? Uh, yes. Is that about a mouse as well? So, yeah, I... yeah. So it's about, like, basically critters uh, in, like, mm -hmm. medieval, like, lands that... Yes. That, uh, uh, the original Redwall book was one of my favorite books growing up um, because it's, like, you know, a cool Lord of the Rings story with, like, animals in it. And I love a cute, fu fuzzy animal. Uh, so, like, the first book, uh, you play the slide... Not the first... Oh, Jesus. In the first... In the Redwall book, you play uh, the main... You don't play it. It's a book. In the Redwall <laughs> book... Um, yes. You uh, uh, are reading a story about a uh, mouse called Matthias who um, basically is just, like, plain mouse who... Uh, has to save his uh, uh, colony um, from this rat who's come to attack. And then you have to get this magical sword, and you have to basically kill us. You don't have to. You read about Matthias kills a snake to do it. Um, but the, great, man. The, the reason this is such a good comparison to what Moss does is because it's the same basic story. It's medieval... Uh, fantasy with critters in it. So the first game, uh, you uh, the main character is named Quill, and you basically are going to rescue your uncle who got kidnapped um, from this giant snake creature. So it's like almost one to one with like the sure. Redwall story. Yeah. Um, but the way the the way the game is set up is that you play a character called the reader, and the reader is basically sitting at a library. And you're reading a book, and the book comes to life in front of you, literally. And the character of Quill is your partner. You still control Quill with your joystick, but you as the reader 
are interacting with Quill and like interacting with the environment, both through controlling the the Quill mouse character, but also using your controller as like the hand of God almost uh, around there to like do puzzles. Because so, this is VR, yeah, in VR, yeah, it's a VR game, yeah. Um, and it's cool because you're literally sitting down as the reader, and the world is like a play set out in front of you. And you can watch like all around you as the little mouse character walks around that you're controlling. But then if you see something like, oh, that block needs to be over here, I'm going to pull that block. You literally reach out, pull that block, so you give a path for the mouse to jump up. So it's literally like you're sitting there playing with toys um, mm-hmm. and interacting with this like, like little set uh, of things around you. Um, and the first game was literally like the fact that this is called Moss Book 2 it makes sense because the game kind of ends just as it gets interesting with Moss 1. Hmm, uh, you basically fight the final boss, and then you save your uncle, but you're still in that castle. So Moss Book 2 picks up right where you left off. It picks up at that castle. You literally have that the, the final boss's corpse there in like the middle of it that you sure. have to like you know walk around and then go to the like deeper in this castle. And I thought it was just going to be more of the same. In fact, the first level is very much more of the same. Very linear experience. You go from one part to the next. But very soon you realize that it's much more of an open world game than the first one. Hmm. Because you can go back to explore these different uh, rooms. It's almost like a castle that you see like, oh, I bet that's an upgrade I need later to get this special like item here. Uh, and sure enough, later on you get an upgrade that allows you to interact with that item that you saw in like the first room. So you have to go back there in order to like get that uh, upgrade or get that interactable or whatever it is so it's really kind of like incentivizing more exploration and re going back to the same areas that you started with in addition to that the reason this game is way better than the first one is that there are different realms that you have to visit in these different like portals Mm -hmm. and instead of it just being a medieval kingdom you go in these different realms like the fairy forest or the fire area or the snow castle, you know, like all these different things yeah. that each one has different mechanics in it. Each one has this really cool visual style to it that makes it so unique. Um, and literally in the I think it took me about five and a half hours to beat uh, Moss Book 2. You are taken to all of these different areas, and it never feels like they're repeating the same stuff over and over again. Everything is new, um, and where the first game felt like it was like, all right, you get to the big boss that you're building towards, and then it's over. This one, there were several of those big bosses. And the boss fights in this game were like legitimately really cool um, because they have you not only running around with your little mouse character hitting it, but then you have to like interact with the boss as the reader, pulling things to like grab onto an axe that's hit down so then you can hit the thing with your mouse character. Um, So it's a really weird like brain game to play this game sometimes because you're controlling a character with a joystick while also grabbing something with it with your controller like physically pulling it Mm -hmm. to get to the spot where you're doing all this stuff um and uh combat in the first game was extremely frustrating whenever there was a combat arena uh it's a lot of exploring but occasionally there was like a combat arena where the exits and entrances like get fire in front of them and you have to beat all the bosses the enemies before you move on this one still has that but what makes the combat in this better is that you have multiple weapons that you can cycle through that have different 
uh, uses. Uh, there's the ranged disc weapon. You have your sword. You have a hammer. And, like, you just, as you're doing combat, you can kind of switch between them in order to make the combat more interesting. And if you see this one character, this one enemy come up, you're like, all right, I need to get my hammer out to knock off this thing. Um, and the it's just so much more fun to play. Um, and specifically the game is starting to sing to me, started to sing to me in terms of its combat. Once you get all the weapons and all the, like the special upgrades for it. Yeah. Um, so the scope of this game is way bigger than the first one. The storytelling is way better than the first one. And it's just a beautiful game to just like sit and watch all this stuff happen. Like, uh, I was trying to take screenshots with this. It's weird to try to take screenshots in VR. And it ended up being, like, all, like, cropping of them were, like, <laughs> off because, like, what my, like, screen vision was. Because you're, like, basically in an environment, right? Yeah. So it's, and they don't show you, like, the outline of where the, the, the screen is. So I'd be like, oh, that's a really cool picture of Quill. And then I, like, look back at the screenshot and she wasn't even in it. <laughs> you know, like, stuff are, like that. Are you using, um like the ps5 controller or are you using the the playstation move stuff worse peter uh, you're using the ps4 controller really yeah i i, I want to get into my biggest critique with the game which has nothing to do with the game it has to do with vr and psvr in general i'll, yeah, okay. I'll end with that okay. um but in terms of what this game is in terms of the vr experience for this game um, it is such a good VR experience. If you like, uh, you like the puzzles in Kirby, right? Yeah. It's like those kind of puzzles with a little bit more difficult combat, but you're way more active and engaged in it because not only are you controlling the Kirby character, you are also mm. like as a character helping your little friend. And there's like moments like after a tough battle, like the, the quill character walk to the screen and like try to give you a high five. And you have to like put your like controller in front of her oh, and like give her a little cute. high five. Um, and in, in terms of the story too, there's some really like dramatic moments in this game that are just like done really well. And there's like, there's nothing you feel so helpless as the silent reader character watching the main character, uh, watching quill, like, interact with someone who's just died and there's a really mm -hmm. emotional moment you feel like there's nothing you can do for her and you want to help her but like you're just watching and it, there's so many good moments like that um and it, it's just I, I highly recommend it it is the kind of vr game that i think will would sell a skeptic on what vr is uh because you can be sitting down playing it you are playing a game that has mechanics that are in a non VR game would be pretty similar or pretty like standard. But once you add the interactability of everything in it, it just changes everything and it is really beautiful to play. So I cannot recommend this game enough. Uh, it is uh, a good VR experience. You do probably have to play Moss one though, just for the story yeah, kind of continuation yeah, okay. of it. Um, it does kind of stand on itself. It has like a last week on at the very beginning. So you kind of get it. Um, but even then, there's a lot of just, like, names and places and stuff that yeah. are mentioned. And while there's, like, several main characters, there's this whole, like, epic battle at the end versus with the robot creatures and, like, your friends. Uh, one of the characters, your friend characters, wasn't even animated in it. It's only told through, like, a, a storybook that you're, like, uh, scrolling through mm -hmm. as the reader. Um, so, like, th there are some there are some things about the storytelling that I think could have been improved. Um, and I, I wish more of the cutscenes played out in front of me rather than me reading the book. Mm, because yeah, okay. like, like in between each chapter, you're back in the library 
and you have a book that you basically have to turn the pages because you're the reader. You're reading in a library yeah, all yeah, these yeah. stories and stuff. Um, so those major cutscenes are told through just you reading with a narrator kind of like talking everything. And the cool thing this game does because they really play up the whole like this is a reader. Um, they have a, a narrator voice who plays all the characters' voices. So it's the same character oh, who's reading cool. everything who will make the Quill character be like, oh, what are you talking about? Oh, what are you talking about? And like, will change her voice to like make it sound like the characters, which is really like charming and nice. Um, and it's funny too, because like the Quill character, you hear her squeaks the whole game as she's like mm-hmm. walking around, but then like the voice is not those squeaks. It's the reader yeah. doing it. Um, but the end of this game is really cool. There's definitely going to be a Moss Book 3, I think, if this game does well, um, mm. which I, I would assume it would because it's a really good quality game. Uh, they kind of leave it uh, as to what's happening next. And in fact, there's a really creepy moment at the end, too. It's like oh. uh, it's like one of those, no, we're watching you moments. And it's really kind of oh, cool. <laughs> it's like, cool. uh-oh. <laughs> um, so some good stuff there. But my complaint with this game is PlayStation VR. Yeah. Okay. Tell me about it. So. Yeah. I, I haven't played PSVR in probably like since Moss the last Moss <laughs> could it be could it be since the last time since Dreams Pro- it was probably because Dreams was the last thing I, I did in it I was doing like so the, two the, years yeah two about. years friends yeah um and like the the pandemic I was like oh I can keep working out playing Beat Saber no I didn't even do it because it's just a hassle to do so yeah um I first moved my PlayStation uh, Five to uh room I'm, where I'm in now because that's where I have it I had it on my PS4 but I was like whatever I'm gonna attach it to my PS5 and play it through there um. This game is for PS4, obviously. It's a PS5. Like, you can play on your PS5, but it's a PS4 yeah, game. Yeah. So I, I had to go through the whole process of finding the cords and hooking it up and doing all that stuff. And I sit down and I, like, get my space ready and, like, try to get the, the perfect place so, like, I don't hit my desk when I'm, like, extending my arms in this world and everything like that. Mm. Trying to get the camera at just the right angle. Um, my first uh, time playing the game, uh, it kept doing this weird thing where it was, like, trying to correct where the diorama was the game was to where i was so it felt like i was on a ship because it kept like slightly like shaking back and forth because it couldn't Mm -hmm. track me correctly even though i was like fully in view of the camera and i was like is this just the game and eventually it wasn't i just had to fix my setup and tinker with it um but it took me like 20 minutes to get all this stuff set up and i finally get there i get my controller plugged in and it's like you need the ps uh the ps4 controller and i was like what, what do you what do you mean? They're like, there's a light bar on it that you need to use for this. So you need to get your PS4 controller. And I'm like, hmm. shit, I got to dig this thing out now. <laughs> so then I yeah. had to like get that controller. It's just to the point where, and in addition to that, like the, the quality of the, of the image that you see in the PSVR is not great. Like you yeah. see, it's a little fuzzy. Um, you see all the, the individual pixels and stuff like that. It's not a good the best image to look at yeah um the technology is not it it wasn't the best vr headset when it came out in terms of its uh visual quality but Mm -hmm. it's definitely like showing its age i would say um so it was just a hassle to get me set up so it's one of those things like am i going to recommend someone go out and buy a a ps vr headset for this game probably not because the psvr 2 is happening soon um, and, uh, I would assume, I would hope there's backwards compatibility. And if they don't, hopefully they'd, they'd release a Moss collection at least. Sure. So you could play yeah. both of these. It's like a remastered. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's just a hassle to play VR still. Yeah. Um, it's not as easy as it could be. And even the new one, it's going to have the better controllers, a single cord to plug in. It, it's just hard to play 
to to get in that mm-hmm. headspace because when you're playing VR, you are immersed in that. Like you are yeah. completely like in that area. So I don't know if this is the game that I would say you need to buy a PSVR for, but if you have a PSVR, you need to play this game. Cool. Okay. That uh that makes sense. Yeah, that is a shame though. I mean, like I I just think that obviously to no fault of the Moss series uh, or any VR games for that matter. Like it just sucks that PSVR has been so poorly supported and so poorly like optimized for like, I mean, playing now. Yeah. (laughs) Are you, were you able to connect a dual shock controller to yeah, the yeah. PS5? Uh, well, that's the annoying thing is like they let you play PS4 games with there, but if you have a PS5 oh. game, you can't use a DualShock 4 for the PS5 game. So, got after, it. After, okay, so this is another thing I did that was fun. Um, I played Elden Ring a little bit uh, okay. on my headset with like a massive screen. Um, oh, because, you can do that? Yeah, so you you can still like it with you have your headset on, like play it. So I was like sitting in my room and it was basically like a 100 inch TV in front of that's me that's awesome that's kind of cool yeah it's cool except then it everything is so big and then you realize that the quality of the image is really yeah. bad it's re- yeah. really fuzzy and stuff and i was but i i did the the i got to the academy boss the first the second one the whatever her name is mm-hmm. um and like to see that cutscene like was pretty awesome with how big it was and how like immersive it was and that's then she's like cool. shooting all that she's throwing those things down in that in that fight so like seeing that but when I went to play that, I had to switch controllers because it was a PS5 game and I had the PS4 mm. controller, so I had to go back. And it was just—it was a little bit of a hassle. Still a little bit of a hassle to play VR, but um, I still like it. I'm not—I don't regret my purchase of the PSVR. Um, yeah. But and and what you said was right. It's very sporadic support for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like Moss Book Two is definitely assisted. Like it's definitely something that is a high quality VR experience. Yeah. Um, and it's a high quality game in general. I think uh, it just sucks that it's on something that I don't know how big the user base is and how many people are actually going to play it. Because you could not play this game without a PSVR. You right, right. Um, well, hey, Moss Book Two. Thanks so much for playing that, and thanks again to the publisher for providing us with that code. Justin, let's do a Metacritic roundup here for a second. How about that? By the way, I checked. Uh, Moss Book Two does not have a Metacritic score right now, uh, as there just aren't enough critic reviews. There's only one from Hobby Consolas, um, which is 85. So congratulations, Moss Book yeah. Two. I mean, personally, it, it, like I would, I would have a lot of hard, uh, I would have a hard time seeing this game not getting four out of fives, you know, 80, yeah. 80s or whatever. Um, I think this is one of the better VR experiences I have played, and I think it fixed every issue I had with the original game. And I love the original game, so uh, it's good. It's good. It's good. Well, dang. Uh, Open Critic 2, the uh, Hobby Consolas is the only one on there. Ah, but yeah, yeah. Weird West came out. It's like an immersive sim, kind of. Uh, it's not like a first-person immersive sim. It's more like a top-down, isometric kind of, kind of one. Almost a twin-stick shooter, right? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, it's an RPG. Um, I'm interested in checking this out. Is, is this on Game Pass? It is on Game Pass, Peter. Yeah, I might uh, I might dip in for this because this sort of seems like the kind of thing I would get down with. Um, but it's got a 78 on Metacritic for PC and um, 73 on PS4, Xbox One, 81. And I think that's great. It's on, Getting an 81 on Xbox One being on Game Pass, meaning that a lot of people are playing that probably a lot of people are playing it through Game Pass, I would assume. And that's where its highest rating is. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. 
Yeah. So uh, congratulations, Weird West. You seem like a good game. I'm going to be interested to at least give you a try. Uh, the other thing we have on our Metacritic roundup here is the DLC for Lost Judgment, the Kaito Files. Uh, so this is on... Oh, I guess it's on all platforms. But the um, Metacritic score here is... 83 are you uh did you play lost judgment i i mean i haven't played lost judgment yet uh that that is uh, that's a good summer game to play i think uh mm. i think i was when it when it was coming out i was just coming off of judgment and i was like you know i need to wait a little bit on this but, yeah um good quality yakuza game sure sure um so dlc people seem to like it uh glad to hear that. and kaido's like Let's... an awesome character so like he's the sidekick of uh the main character and he's like a former uh yakuza member of course uh who is basically like the the muscle that goes around and, and helps you solve crimes the whole time so this is a dlc focus mainly on him so cool that more oh. characters get that kind of focus cool congratulations kaito on your own little spinoff <laughs> uh, um let's uh let's talk about some news what do you say huh let's do it all right uh let's let's hit the big headline here PlayStation Plus. Plus. That's not what they're calling it. Uh, But uh, let me read you this headline from the PlayStation blog, which can uh, be found in the link to this episode, as uh, with all the other articles that we may reference uh, later in this episode. This is uh, a blog post from March 29th. All new PlayStation Plus launches in June with 700 plus games and more value than ever. Uh, Basically, this is the breakdown for the Project Spartacus that we've heard so much about. We said that uh, last week that if news of that broke within, you know, a relatively close time to us recording, we would have talked about it. It was the next day, but I personally don't have a lot to say about this. Let me read it to you. (laughs) So you got three tiers. You got PlayStation Plus Essential. You got PlayStation Plus extra and he got playstation plus premium playstation plus essential uh provides the same benefits that playstation plus members are getting today such as two monthly downloadable games exclusive discounts cloud storage for saved games online multiplayer access there are no changes for existing playstation plus members in this tier the price for playstation plus essential remains the same as the current price for playstation plus so that's 9.99 a month 24 uh 99 for was that three months and then uh, $59.99 for a year. Next up, so, so that's they're continuing to offer the support that they have. If you want to pay a little bit more, though, just PlayStation bit. Plus Extra. Now, it's, it provides all these same benefits from the Essential tier, but it also adds a catalog of up to 400 of the most enjoyable PS4 and PS5 games, including blockbuster hits from our PlayStation Studios catalog, and third-party uh, partners. Games in the extra tier are downloadable for play. That's a that's a interesting, important uh, specification there. So for the price for that, for it's an additional 400 games, PS4 and PS5 games, um, that is going to cost $14.99 a month, $39.99 for three months, or $99.99 for a year. Now we move on down to PlayStation Plus premium so it provides all of the benefits from essential and extra adds up to 340 additional games including ps3 games available for cloud streaming 
and a catalog of beloved classic games available in both streaming and download options from the original PlayStation, PlayStation 2, and PSP generations. In addition, it offers cloud streaming access for the original PlayStation, PlayStation 2, PSP, and PS4 games offered in the extra and premium tiers in markets where PlayStation Now is currently available. Customers can stream games using PS4 and PS5 consoles and PC. Additionally, uh, time-limited game trials will also be offered uh, with this tier, so customers can try select games before they buy. The price, $17.99 a month, $49.99 for three months, $119.99 for a year. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay, that's fine. What, yeah, uh, I, what do you think? So, uh, I think this makes sense. Um, because it simplifies two different services that I think people have been scared off from PS Now. I mean, I think yeah. PS Now has a very low uh, uh, subscriber uh, count to begin with, and I think having two separate things makes it... It's confusing to do. And not that this isn't confusing. You still have your, your essential whatever and whatever, but like it just streamlines but it brings the it process. into one, one like, cohesive product. product. And I yes. think keeping it PlayStation Plus is fine. Like I, I think why why change the name and make it more confusing and, and do other things like that? I think having options and tiers is makes sense. It's like it's almost like when you're on your Hulu or your Paramount Plus and you're doing um uh, ads versus no ads you know yeah. you have like different like options and tiers to do so whatever the thing that is going to to benefit you the best um is what you're going to go with and um cool uh i think this announcement is worthless until we hear they the tell games. you what games right. yep yep 100% like reading this i'm like okay what specifically are you talking about here right 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 um, are you going to upgrade to either of these? I, yes, I, I, again, depending on the games, um, I think I will this summer. Um, mm -hmm. I will do it this summer. I have, you know, the three months of like me being able to play around with this. And I think I'm probably in, I'm a broken human being. I am planning for a wedding. I am strapped on money. Uh, yeah. but I'm still going to do this because. <laughs> so which one premium or extra? I will do, I will do the premium, uh, for a year. Because if I'm going to do it for three months of the summer for an additional like 30 bucks, I can get a whole year of it yeah. and just kind of see what happens throughout the year and decide to cancel it the next one. Because I'm going to do the essential, of course. Like, I'm not changing my subscription. I'm going to keep that. The, yeah. interesting, the thing I'm concerned about is how am I going to upgrade my PS Plus plan that I have until the end of this year? How is that going to work? Mm, my current yeah. one. So that stuff is, is confusing to me. Yeah. Is it going to discount? Give me a whatever. So I, I'm going to I'm interested to see what these games are and how they uh, how it looks like and I do I've never played PS Now before so at least trying some of these games and seeing what it's like to stream them I think will be worth it, um, but I mean ultimately I, I even think about Game Pass the thing I do the most on Game Pass is if there's a new game out that's what I play and yeah. this doesn't have that new game to play no. Situation, and I don't have the same love of PS One and PS Two games necessarily that I do for like Nintendo games and like you know old school you know things like that. So it would have to be a very specific situation that makes this worth it for me to keep all the time. Um, and have you looked at the list of uh, PlayStation Now games recently? Uh, I mean, I used to look at that pretty periodically uh, when I was at Game Rant. 
I mean, they've got a lot of stuff on there, and they've got a lot of good stuff on there. They do. Um, I mean, yeah. right, right, it's, it's about 300 games, they say, uh, on the PS Now lineup that are available. Yeah. Most of the games I've wanted to play that are available on there, I can already play. I've already played, right? And that's the thing, right? Like, the offer of, uh, especially, like, the PlayStation Plus Extra, 400 of the most enjoyable PS4 and PS5 games. I mean, I've probably done them. I've not played 400 PlayStation games, but, like, I'm trying to think of games that you would want that are outside of that PlayStation Plus collection that right. comes with, you know, the PS Plus and uh, PS5. Like, I guess Last of Us 2, Ghost of Tsushima, but, like, again, I played those. Right, right. Uh, um, yeah, go on. I mean, the list, you can go online, like, online on the PS Now website. I mean, there there are a ton of games on here. Yeah. Um, and they're good and you've games You've got, like, Red Dead here. and The Witcher and Nier Automata and, like, all sorts of stuff, but... Uh, yeah, the, a lot uh, of Resident Evil stuff. You have Red Dead Redemption, uh, Rage. That's a classic one. The Ratatouille game, bunch of the Ratchet and Clank games. Finally, uh, Resident Finally Evil Four. Um, I mean, there are a lot of old games. Yep, they are old games. Oh my God, Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure Two. Uh oh. <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> um. Whatever, there, there are good games on here, and I think that there is value in this. But for me personally, the value I get out of Game Pass are the new games that are put on there, not the old ones. Um, and I don't foresee yeah. me suddenly changing how I play video games um, by suddenly going back and playing old games all the time. Uh, so I, I don't think this is something that is necessarily trying to compete with Game Pass, I think this is just something that is consolidating their services, offering yeah. a little bit more new stuff. Like, I mean, if they want to release PS1 games, are they just going to put in a PS Now where no one goes? I think this is a way to like bump to like people actually, up and like have a yeah. adding value to PS Now already by doing this, by yeah. just adding those games. So putting it all together, this makes sense as a company. Consolidation, putting it like it just makes sense to me. Yep, I. I agree. I'm not going to pay more for this. I mean, you don't want to play Snake Ball? Uh, I don't want to stream it. Is you, I guess you don't want to play Horde. Like that. Like the problem for me is like I'm interested in in playing some of these older games um, and revisiting them, or even trying ones that I never got to try before. But like the fact that it is streamed and not downloaded directly, like my internet connection is good usually. Um, but when it's not good, it is not good for like three days, you know? Um, I think the thing that would actually get me to do this is, uh, persona three and four. <laughs> uh, but I guess we'll see. So speaking of that, one thing that I'm really concerned about is, I don't know if you heard this, so that PS plus essentials collection, really great games on that. Awesome yeah. games. Oh, persona five, dip. persona five. They're taking it out after this month. Yeah. So, uh, I, again, I know these are just games that you're not actually purchasing. This is, the, I think, this is the first big game though that they're taking away from that. So you're losing value for that. Now, are they? Taking I think it is it, the first game. Yeah. Yeah. Are they yeah. taking it out because uh, they're going to put Persona Five Royal on there? Doubt it. Are they taking yeah. it out there because they're about to release Persona Five Royal for the Switch? No. <laughs> I really hope so. <laughs> I know it won't happen. But no. that's also like one of those yeah. things. Like, are they going to change those games? Like, is that still going to be available? Are they going to eventually start to slowly get rid of those wonderful games in that library? 
Um, I don't know. Just some things to think about and consider. I think the streaming thing is kind of worrisome, potentially. Um, I don't know if the PS3 streaming stuff has to do with uh, the fact that, you know, cell processor and all the bogus or whatever. They said that they were having a hard time emulating it on PlayStation 5. And it's like... I mean, I've seen a lot of people joking about like, yo, you made the consoles. What do you mean? You're, like, it's you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, I, I I, think that game development is harder than just saying, we'll just do it. Oh, um, absolutely. <laughs> like, but uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think in regards to the question you had about Persona, um, I think that might be a licensing thing. Like, I, like, I don't know. I think the fear of that changing is certainly founded. And this example of persona leaving, um, is what sort of sparks that question about like, what is going on with all that? Um, but I, I think that like, it might just be because it's a, a third party. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so they yeah. might well, eventually maybe. lose final fantasy or they might, uh, you know, final fantasy 15 is on there. Um, call of duty black ops three, I think is on there as well. Um, you know, they might lose those guys, but hey, you've still got all of the, and again, maybe if, if PlayStation, the PlayStation plus collection sticks around, um, you might lose those additional, uh, 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 you, uh, sorry, you might lose titles from third parties, but PlayStation is in control of all of their, you know, first party publishers. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I, like I said, I think that is not a, an unfounded fear that that is going to go away um at some point as a result of this but yeah who's to say so who's to say um kind of updating last week we were uh remember we were talking about the three announcements that uh greg miller from kind of funny was like oh yeah like hinting at so uh this is one obviously yeah, this is one of the ones that he was talking about first of all with that it was like listening to his pot like some of the podcasts that he did this week he immediately was like i did not mean to like make this a, a headline story in every outlet he said he yeah. was like i was at a farmer market on a sunday i heard some <laughs> stuff well, i just tweeted out that I, we're gonna potentially some we're gonna wait and yeah. then it, everyone just started talking about it um but he did on thursday when eventually they recorded their podcast he said that one of the announcements was the PlayStation Plus um, mm-hmm. announcement. The other one was something about PlayStation uh, VR 2, hmm. but didn't want to like go further than that. And the third one, uh, one that uh, Jeff Grubb uh, also was talking about. Where's Jeff Grubb uh, write for? So he writes for Venture Beat. Venture Beat. Uh, or Games Beat, sorry. Game, yeah, yeah. And uh, he's part of Giant Bomb. Okay, yeah. So um, he was also talking about this same thing that Greg was, that Sony is about to announce a major acquisition. Hmm. So hmm. basically he like... I, I, his, his intention was not to be this person, like to go out there and like be like, I yeah, know yeah. stuff. It just kind of blew up. And then he provided some clarity just to like... There was stuff that's happening, but we, I didn't know if it was happening. So there you go. So, with that in mind, PlayStation VR two. What what do you think could be potentially the thing announced? Uh, what do you, wait, what do you mean? Like, uh, what's your question? Sorry? Like, p- potentially, <laughs> like potentially, what do you think would have been the announcement about PSVR two? Oh, I guess Let's speculate the shit out of this. Like maybe a date. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, <laughs> I think I still think 
I, maybe I'm crazy, but this is a good. You, you'd want to release this during a holiday season. This could be a holiday yeah. release, and yeah. if they have even the Horizon to bring that up there to like, hey, get you know, if you get the Horizon uh, Forbidden West, you also can get this with. What, maybe that's a way to like market it in a way that makes sense. Yeah, it's do like a, digi- like a digital deluxe yeah. edition where yep. you get these two or like yep. a bundle or something. Um, I will say I am excited for Horizon Call of the Mountain because the week after it comes out the best VR game of all time will be released. It just sounds, given, this sounds just like a given riddle. the track record oh, of that series. You're talking about, yeah, Elden Ring says, okay, not only are we going to like come up with a VR headset, we're going to have the best, the next Elden Ring game I on mean, VR. Here's what it's going to be like straight up. I'm calling this right now. When this happens, you will come back to Hitbox episode number 86 and be like, holy shit, Peter called it. They're going to announce, hey, we're doing PSVR 2, you know, like this is like, uh, let's say holiday 2022. It's going to launch with Horizon Call of the Mountain. And then, you know, let's say the Moss Remaster Collection or whatever the fuck else. And then also the week following launch. Half-Life Alex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That'd be awesome. And, I mean, like, you know, because that, that's going to be uh, a lot of people did not get to play that game because that headset was. I yeah. mean, it's expensive yep. and, and limited. Yep. So I imagine that if that comes to PlayStation, it's going to come like right when that launches. I am. I'm and I mean, way I, overshadowed. I'm so excited for the possibility of playing Half-Life Alex. Yeah. I've been looking Me forward too. to playing that game for a long time. So if that comes with PSVR 2, I think it's awesome. I do have to say one one thing that I was not worried about until now um, is I just thought PSVR 2 is going to be backwards compatible. I don't think it's going to be that easy. Um, no, because of the controller stuff, right? With the controller stuff between the the moves, and I know that the new controller is more functionality than that, but a lot of the games that require a controller, that requires a completely different, like, design philosophy when you don't have the light bar thing and you just have a dual yeah. sense. So, like, I don't know what they're going to do with that. Um, I think that's a bigger thing than just copying, pasting over to PSVR 2. So I'm a little worried about that personally, and I think yeah. that will hurt it if you can't get this huge library with it, but... You know, that's that's, that's a later issue. Uh, yep. Acquisitions. Um, uh, uh, are they going to acquire, um, I don't know, uh, Microsoft? I mean, like, you definitely, you said, like, last week, I think Ubisoft would make maybe some sense. I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, like, no, nah, I don't care. Um, but, like, I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um I'm a little acquisitioned out in this exact moment just with between uh, the big uh, Microsoft ones from earlier this year, the big mm-hmm. PlayStation ones. Uh, and I'm just I, like, I'm ready to see the fruit of that first acquisition from Microsoft. The, the Starfield one. Yeah. I'm ready to see that. Uh, Cause like, like the reason I'm like, I would be so middled about an announcement like this is like, Oh, we're not going to see this for two years and that's fine. Cause that's just how these things go. Uh, but like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yo, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um my 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 uh conspiracy theory until recently was Atlas. Maybe they officially announced mm. that they're going to be purchasing them, but it's weird that you take off uh Persona 5 and then Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Just put it on the Switch. Yeah. Good luck with that, huh? I know. I've been how many years I've been waiting for this. <laughs> I know. I know, me too. But hey, uh, I, I yeah. Let's talk real quick, Justin. Breath of the Wild, 
sequel delayed into 2023 literally stole the thunder from sony <laughs> yeah because that because that and it was announced like right when that got yeah, uh, yeah when the playstation plus stuff did yeah i don't i mean i'm disappointed obviously because that was on my fantasy critic yep. team uh and uh, i kind of was the load-bearing member of that team <laughs> uh starfield probably is also a heavy hitter uh but yeah, then the rest yeah. are very aspirational um but like yeah, uh, I think that's fine. It means I'll play Xenoblade. Hell you know yeah! I mean? Like, like not that I wasn't going to, you, but it means that like I will have the time. Yeah, I know. Because when you get to that third Bible. act, and all of a sudden the, the guy is split into two parts, and is like, remember from the first two games, and I'm gonna make some arbitrary connection between the games that is really mm-hmm. there and important for you to understand what's happening. Yeah. Uh, you're gonna be like, what's happening here? Yeah, or maybe I'll just play them all in anticipation i probably won't mm. i won't actually i can't uh but yeah uh i mean it's a bummer but also like hey there have been like i think 2022 will be just fine without it sorry to see you go um i saw a lot of people being like oh they're probably playing elden ring and realizing like oh we got to change all this stuff uh that's not how game development works <laughs> like if it was meant to come out later this year they're not like adding new systems i mean right, maybe they are right. like sometimes developments like wonky or glonky as we say pretty glonky. Um, yeah but like probably not and also like hey elden ring is very different than breath of the wild like what would you take from elden ring and that you would want to put in breath of the wild too uh obscure dialogue oh wait already in there um, that's in there yeah uh or like what what is specific to because like you could say like oh the combat's really good it's like yo it's dark souls 3 combat like, did you play that one? Because they probably did, and that game is right. Like, they didn't six years old. Come out of anywhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't. I don't think Elden Ring has anything to do with this. Nope. This delay. Um, Maybe the horse. That's the only thing you could just summon the. Did horse. you play the DLC of Breath Elden of the Wild? Ring? Oh, uh, there was like challenge rooms. I did and you that. Get a oh, you talking about the motorcycle? Horse. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. make that come out of anywhere, but you already have a horse in Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that's silly. I think it's just a game that's going to be bigger than people believe. And I, I hear people criticizing like, well, why is it taking so long between the two Zelda games? You're just copying and pasting assets. No, you're not. I, I no. Nintendo will not do that. I mean, no. when besides like, even like, even if you're talking about copying and pasting, like the N64, uh, Majora's, version, Mask. Majora's Mask or Zacharina, they completely went in a different direction with that game. Those two yeah. games are like indistinguishable from each other, minus the fact that they have a lot of the same. Well, it's like the same controls and like the same assets, right. but it's like 100% totally right. different like, games. Mechanics are completely different. Like, I, let, let's take a minute. Like, I hope you make that comparison because what they did in a year is amazing. <laughs> Yeah, well, and that's the thing. Like, I would love if this was yeah the new Majora's Mask. Yeah, yeah. love that. Yeah. Um, you see though, the in the little trailer they had for it, um, Master Sword is broken. It's melting. <laughs> which means that again, well, it means that weapon degradation is coming back, doesn't oh, it? Oh Jesus! Uh, which okay, it's it's a good mechanic. All right, everyone is a baby about it. I don't like weapon degradation in most games, but in Breath of the Wild, it means that like it makes you explore and it makes you like. It puts you in fun situations. Remember when you're fighting someone and then it goes like your weapon's about to break and you go yeet and you throw it into them and then it's like, oh, I got to find a new weapon or like maybe I'll just pull out one of the nine that I have right now. Yeah, I think the the what I really want to see from this game, it could be copy and paste the same thing. I do want to see the combat be a little tighter. Yeah, um, me too. I always feel like it was a little sloppy when you got into like big fights and big things like that and between switching and everything like that. I just, I just want it to feel 
tight yep. and good. I agree. So. I agree. But there's not much else to say other than, well, that sucks, but we will live. Yeah, I don't even think it sucks. I mean, you could say it sucks because you're excited for it. And you're that's just, what you're, I mean. You're, like, you, it's like, but like, hey, I mean, uh, there's so much to play out right now um, that I, I don't think the holiday season is going to suddenly like not have anything that we're going to want to play. Like there, there'll be stuff to play all year round. Yeah. Well, and like I said, like Xenoblade will be a thing and yeah. And I imagine we're going to get a lot of announcements about holiday 2022 as we get a little bit closer. Cause I think right now people are uh, like afraid of giving concrete dates. Yeah. Yeah. But well, I mean, yeah. E3 is coming up, so we'll find all about these announcements. At yeah. E3, we've right? been sort of saying that, huh? We like, I kept saying like, Oh, well we'll see Starfield at E3. Um, so E3 is canceled. <laughs> uh, E3 2022 is just not happening. They're ah. not a physical event, not a digital event. Um, even though I thought they said that they were, I, well, maybe I think they confirmed that they weren't doing a physical event. Um, and yeah, then they it just, did. they did. Ca- it came out as like, and it's not going to be a digital event either. Um, so that's not happening. They did. The ESA uh, remarked saying like, Hey, we will be back in 2023 uh, in LA for a physical showcase as well as having like digital um like a digital side to it as well i think that's mighty aspirational uh i mean like i'm just looking at the trajectory of the year 2022 like covid wise and it's gonna be exactly how it was last year you know what i mean like in terms of one wave dies down and then another one picks up because everyone because everywhere it lifts their mask mandates and you know um so I, I can't imagine that saying like, oh, well, we'll for sure have an in-person convention in 2023 is like kind of wild. You know I, what I mean? I mean, even this stuff aside, think about, I mean, Sony has pulled out of it already before yeah. before this even started happening. Microsoft still is a part of it, but they host their own press conference yeah. outside of the E3 space. Um, Nintendo has done digital Doesn't stuff. Doesn't even show up. Yeah, so you're digital. talking about these companies who are not sitting there on the showroom floor in the same way like they used to so if e3 does come back in person i can see it but it's not going to be the e3 we're used to it might be a a way for people to uh, like more the public to come in and play games and things like that but you you can't just suddenly assume that after three years you go back and and e3's back how it was that's it's gone it'll never be what it is it'll it'll be different and um uh I, i i I, it's a loss in terms of the fact that I never got to go to E3. That was always mm-hmm. one of the things that I really wish could have worked out in my life to go there. Um, but I, I think the industry has moved on. And uh, Jeff Keighley, uh, <laughs> not maliciously, right? No. I mean, he's really just slowly, just basically now, he has everything. <laughs> he's just, yeah, he, he's just like maybe the most important gaming influencer right yep. now, which like, I mean, I don't know. Like I like personal feelings for the way he conducts himself about it aside. Like he is an important person in the space. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, he's definitely like, you know, he's confirmed that we're doing summer games fest. Uh, I don't know if they've confirmed if that's an in-person event or not, but it's like not really like, it's just a trailer showcase. Yeah. You know I, mean, I mean, uh, he, he was hosting judges week. Am I correct? Like he I used to, no, he used to, I think he used to host that, um, uh, with E3 and then he, he mm. pulled out the last year, I think, but, 
Oh, um, yes, he did. Yes, you're right. Yeah. So um that i mean that there if there's an in-person event that would be the in-person event to, to bring back right like i'm gonna have yeah. uh games people in here will host this we'll do this um i i think that would be what it is but i i think look at last year there were a lot of issues with a lot of people trying to get time on the stream for different conferences that didn't need to happen a lot of games were repeating themselves the whole time like how many times did you see a, a trailer for the same game in three different conferences or, right. or whatever like that so he has the ability to come in and potentially just streamline everything to get a nice cohesive week of gaming because i think the the thing that's going to be missed about e3 it's not the showroom floor. It's not people going there. It's not E3 itself. It's going to be the fact that for a week, E3 was video games. It was like the week for video games. Yeah. And last year, I I do have to admit, the the mo- two months of just solid conferences every random day was a lot. And mm-hmm. I hope they do keep it in a week. And I hope it just streamlined in a way that really does, for a week, all media is focused on this. This is what's happening the rest of the year in the future. So... Uh, I see potential, um, and I do trust Jeff Keeley to make it something that is watchable and yes. to organize it to bring people there. Sure, we'll get a lot of uh, shameless uh, marketing um, plugs and things like that, but that's that's the name nature of the beast. You you got to make money somehow doing this stuff. So, yeah, and I think it's also like, like okay, all of the to the point of like these companies kind of weren't really involved with E3 like directly for a while. All of these companies have the capability for the most part to do their own showcases. And, and the do fact them that E3, well. and the fact that E3 doesn't exist means that like we won't I think it will be better for us because it will be like okay, well Gearbox won't feel the need to do a showcase. Mhm. Awesome. Don't have to spend 45 minutes of my life for the Coke Media. Do you want to watch that presentation? What was that? Coke Media. Woo. Which one was that? That was a really boring one. I mean, gotcha. I could list 12 that were really boring. Oh, right. But. Yes. Yes. Um, but I, I think that it like put, takes the pressure off so that you're only going to do a showcase this year if you've got something to show, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, sorry, ESA, or like happy that happened. I don't know. Whatever. You need to hear ESA. I'll say sorry or congrats or whatever. But my avatar. Yeah, my me-ass avatar. Um, but hey, if that was the, if E3 2022 was the last one that ever happened, we uh, we went. Kind of. We did. Or 2021. We, sorry. we, we were the reason they're not coming back. Yeah, they said fuck Hitbox. <laughs> <laughs> if they're going to be there, we're not coming. If they're going to um, provide five dedicated days of, of, of material for, really for our did. show. We did. That was we good. did. Yeah. Yeah. I had fun. I like as, as much work as that was, I had fun doing it. I did too. Um, hey, let's talk about Abandon. <laughs> so, the Blue Box Game Studios deleted some tweets talking about like, abandons release uh and then there was a lot of speculation regarding like yo has the game like we haven't heard any real updates from this since the uh um they had like a blog update but like there hasn't been any like major updates since that uh real-time experience app like kind of went you know head over heels um and there was some speculation about like hey is this game just done like, are, are we is just, just is this just never going to happen? Because we were supposed to hear about more in 2021 and didn't really. And now, you know, it's a few months into 2022 and um, 
we similarly have not heard a lot. So uh, there's been some speculation. Blue Box Games itself came out and said, hey, no, um, they, they said this. Dear community, recently we have been bombarded with requests and questions regarding the development status for Abandon. In regards to the latest rumors regarding Abandon being canceled, our response is that these rumors are false. We are working on the reveal via the real-time experience app, remember that, and online channels along with the prologue of the game. These were initially planned for Q1 2022, but unfortunately we aren't ready yet as we underestimated our development roadmap. Therefore, we have delayed the reveal and the release for Abandoned Prologue. This is, it's like, if this sounds like weird, like structured, it's written that way. I'm not like reading this poorly. Um, we it's called, re- we it's will called the real-time ab- experience app. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, we will release Abandoned Prologue when it's stable, good, and ready. We are aware of your frustration and we deeply, sincerely apologize for this. We will continue to work on the game and we will notify you when we are ready. Our sincere apologies, Blue Box Game Studios. Um, so they are saying that it's still going well. <laughs> well, I didn't hear well in that. Well, they, they said that it's still happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, Hassan Karman tweeted out that he would be on the latest episode of the Sacred Symbols podcast hosted by Colin Moriarty. Uh, I just can't get down with that dude. So I have not listened, but you have. I have. And I want to know. I've subscribed to the Patreon for the sole reason of listening to this. I um, want to know. Okay. What so happened? What before, did he say? Before I go into that interview. Yeah. I want to go back uh, to another one of our favorites, uh, Jason Schreier's uh, post uh, article from, I guess it was a year ago almost at this point. Uh, this is uh, in June 21st of 2021. He did a sit-down interview with uh, Hassan Karaman, and it wasn't like, the interview wasn't published, but he interviewed and wrote the story after that. Okay. And he said, all evidence suggests that Hassan Karaman, this is Jason Schreier, that Hassan Karaman, the man who uh, whose game fans suspect may be Hideo Kojima conspiracy, is a real indie developer. But after an hour-long interview with him today, I left with more questions than answers. He then goes on to say, is Karaman a real indie developer? Almost certainly. But I was left wondering who else works at his studio, what kind of contract he signed with Sony, and who his mysterious funders are and how a little-known studio plans to make a game with realistic graphics at 4K, 60 frames per second. The reason I say that is because all of those questions were brought up directly in this interview on Mm. Sacred Symbols. And they still weren't answered. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, it's, It's a little bit of like hitting your head on the wall because clearly there was this interview, an hour long interview, just like this one on sacred symbols where the same questions were brought up. I thought Colin did a really good job of trying to press without harassing, pressing about some of these things. He kept trying to ask about who's funding this game, who's funding, who's giving you money. And that wasn't, discussed he uh uh Karaman kept saying stuff about like uh this might be under nda and he was like unsure about what he could and could not say clearly this is not a person who's trained in pr this is not something that was done officially colin even said multiple times that uh he heard people at playstation had advised him not to be on this interview 
Hassan Carmen uh, said that? No, no. Colin said he heard that gotcha. from people. Uh, and Hassan uh, Carmen said, no, 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 no. No one said that to me. I'm here because I want to be here. And he started off like very nervous. And you could tell like he like this guy is not a public speaker. Yeah. Um, the problem is the he is way out of his depth. Yeah. And it would be like if you or me started to go into to making video games, right? And we wanted to make a video game and we start reading about it, we get involved in forums, we do this stuff and we make a game and it just doesn't work out. And then we get another opportunity to make a game and we learn from the first time we made a game and it failed and then we go back and then we make a game and then it's like okay we got it this time and then all of a sudden everyone starts talking about it our podcast of however many people follow us turn in it turns into millions of people knowing who we are yeah and then it's a light is shown on us and it's suddenly like oh wait we can't we don't know what we're doing <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what happened here i mean he started off very like eloquently like saying like hi i'm a little nervous this is like i i, I have some stuff like i i'm gonna try to answer every question you you give me i'm gonna be honest people need to know the truth all this kind of stuff but then he just go on in these like tangents of just talking in circles about and not giving like straight answers um one of the questions brought up was why this real-time experience apps why did you do that and he basically went in this really long answer about how um well uh, you know, people are used to seeing trailers and we want to show a trailer in a different way. So we made this app. And he was like, and Colin was like, who advised you on doing this? He's yeah. like, no one. We just want to deliver it in a way that's different. Okay. But, like, you're a small studio. Like it, yeah, that's a, like, that's a, a lot, lot of, of work. Yeah, for, yeah. And, yeah. and it just didn't, like, a lot of the stuff didn't, didn't like, add up correctly but like he did have answers to every question that was asked of him uh they mm -hmm. talked about a couple of like mysterious games that were on his profile he talked about that he talked about that haunting game that came out and and it was like oh, that initial like game Lisa that people yeah, yeah 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 and basically he said his game that started um he had an investor on board they said they would match up to this amount of money they never could get more than money than that and then they had to like basically stop Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, they, they yeah. had to like, and, and like yeah, never, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, I, I don't know, man. Like, I would have hoped that one way or another, after listening to this interview, I had clarity as to if this was something bigger than than it being a, a studio out of its depth, or it was very obvious that the studio was out of its depth. But there was this lack of like, there was this lack of understanding on his part, or this like intentional vagueness about how he talked about a lot of the direct questions that didn't make me feel like he was being open and that there was still something there like there like and i'm not i don't want to sit here and say that he is hideo kojima or this is another game it just seems like like literally who is funding this game you can't like you can't say that i mean probably not <laughs> i mean I, like uh, well, probably yeah uh, i i think that to to be honest if, if that's the takeaway that you got of, like, here's a guy who feels like he's out of his depth. He doesn't feel like it. I don't think he feels like it. That's the problem. That he doesn't feel like it, but he is? He is way out of his depth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, if you've got this guy who, who you perceive as being that way and, like, isn't necessarily trained to, you know have these sorts of conversations or, or answer like direct questions about this sort of stuff. Um, 
then he is maybe not... Uh, then, to me, that screams, this is not anything deeper than what you think it is. Yeah. The, in terms of, like, it being, you know... I think we've maybe all decided. I don't know. I have. So I don't mean to speak for you or anyone else. I've sort of decided that, hey, this is definitely not a Hideo Kojima thing. <laughs> like, uh, with, with the way that this is being handled and everything. Um, but, it, it, you know, like, if all of these people are not able to get straight answers out of this guy, it seems as if it's not because he's good at avoiding the question or good at or is like kind of being coy or sneaky and being like i actually can't talk about that right it is because he's just not good at answering questions yeah yeah you know which to me does not instill any sort of confidence in like oh this is actually something bigger it's just like oh this is just an indie studio that got way way into deep you know what i mean yeah yeah um a couple things that did come out about this game that uh i think were more clear he talked about the story in a way that made Mm -hmm. sense he talked about what the the playable teaser trailer is. Prologue? Prologue, yeah. Mm. So that is going to be its own game, and I think that was confirmed on the... Um, on the website. On the website. It's going to be its own game. You're going to have to pay money for it. He said it's going to... He, oh. he, he can't confirm a price, but it's not going to be more than $14.99. Hmm. It takes place in the same areas as the main game, but you play a character that's unrelated to like the main character. Um, And basically the game is about uh, this community, this cult like community that basically people get kidnapped or brought in and then they can't leave. If they leave, they get publicly murdered in front of everyone. And it's a whole community of these people who have just like stayed in this like group that's led by this one guy who is the brother of, of the main character for the regular game. Mm. And the main character basically didn't know he had a brother, finds out he has a brother, goes to find him, gets stuck in this community, and then is basically going against his brother trying to escape or whatever it is. And that is the plot of the prologue or that's the plot of abandoned. That's the, the game. plot of abandoned. The, the prologue, you play another character who gets put into this commune, like a random it, character, I would assume. And that's where you probably meet a lot of the, like probably the, the, big bad character or whatever yeah it's not interesting like i think like it's a cool idea uh, mm. in and of itself um and uh i was gl- i was glad i heard some more about that and he kept saying this is the first time i've talked about this for- to anyone so this is like a reveal and like, oh, that's pretty cool um and like that all makes sense to me he also said that as of now the sales for that playable uh prologue are going to be what helps fund the rest of the project so they don't have enough money to finish it right now and he said it's going to be uh like a couple hours to beat right the prologue Um, or the whole game the prologue gotcha so it's going to be like a meaty prologue it's not going to be like just it sounds like like it's going to be more than like that maiden demo from resident evil yeah yeah probably because that was like 15 20 minutes this sounds to me almost like in resident evil 7 um, the remember how you're uh, another yeah, character yeah. who goes into the house. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, not again. I'm not talking conspiracy theory. That's what, I mean. What he's that, what he was talking about. But, um, and uh, he also said in, in the interview about how thirty thousand dollars were spent so far on it through outside studios. Um, 
And one of the mean? questions was like in the Jason Schreier interview was how it was like a, a company of like 50 people uh, that they've outsourced to like over 50 people to get like help on the project. And Colin was like being like, well, how, like 50 people, if you're giving them a livable wage, that that costs like a ridiculous amount of money. Like how much money have you spent on this? And he was like, well, it's kind of just like, you know, we're outsourcing these companies and companies are bringing on random people. So we're like the bigger companies. And the was like, these companies are outsourcing to, they're not like little companies. These are companies that have worked on Returnal and other big, like, you know, Sony first party things. Like, like how did this, like, how did you like get these people and like, how much are you paying them kind of stuff? So I don't, it's interesting with how he is so willing to answer every question almost besides some of the stuff that he says NDA stuff for, but even yeah. the stuff that he's like NDA is like, I don't know. I think maybe this is an NDA thing and I don't know if I can talk about this and stuff like that. I don't know. I think it's worth a listen to um, if you're interested in the story uh, to kind of hear what he said. Um, after the, the podcast was published, uh, Hassan uh, Kerman uh, posted, thanks at no taxation for having me. Although I am not a native English speaker and inexperienced with PR and not comfortable with the idea of people watching me, I did my best to answer his questions. Um, and then apparently people have been, I guess, harassing uh, him, of course, uh, because of course. this is the it's Internet. Just, yeah. um, Sucks. Yeah, right. Uh, hey, don't do that. Yeah, you, please. You're cool because like, you listen to our show, but as a reminder, which you shouldn't need, but hey, we all need reminders sometimes. Don't yeah. do that. And and like specifically like like adding someone and saying like, oh, you're a piece of shit. You're like, hey, Kojima. Like that that does no one any good here. Um, no. And it, clearly, these threats are still happening. So he 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 posted this most recently, his last tweet. He said, "Okay, so I did not do a good job do, doing the interview. But come on, guys, give me a break. This is my first ongoing interview. It was a mess. I had no overview for what I wanted to say. And Colin asked A, and I answered B." Like, who's funding the project? And I talk about the prologue. Basically, what I wanted to say was that the project is self-funded and that the prologue is used for further self-funding of the game. And for those thinking I am an actor, just know, I am who I say I am. There is no other truth than this. Interesting. So, sure. Um, uh, I, this is just a fascinating story. And uh, yes. whenever I hear about it, I I am... I am not here hoping this is, uh, you know, Silent Hill. I am not hoping that this is a failed game. I just want to, like, see it. Uh, one of the funny things in the interview, he said he didn't want to show any footage of this because he doesn't want to show an unfinished product. Yeah. And, like, they, uh, Blue Box Game Studios put up a tweet that was like, do you want us to show development footage of Abandoned Prologue? And I think there was 27,000 votes. 66% said yes. 33% said no. <laughs> it said no, just work on a reveal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Blue Box responded, your uh, your votes have been helpful. Uh, your votes really helps us a lot. Just to be clear, we'll show off gameplay, but with some limits. We'll mention these later. Just don't expect a full representation. It's still in development and not ready. Therefore, the prologue got delayed. Keep that in mind. I mean, just if they're going to be so transparent with this stuff, just show a screenshot. Show an update yeah. of it. D yeah. And like... Do a little, do a little, like, I, I don't know what, I, I do not know how many people are working on this game. Make a little five minute video, little dev diary, speak in your native language, right? I, they're, what's from Sweden? Uh, I don't know. Europe somewhere, yeah, right? Yeah. Northern Europe. So, uh, speak, speak in the language you speak, and then, well, I guess this is expensive to have someone like translate it or something. Um, 
Don't, I mean, but the I, internet can do that. Just post it. Put right, it out there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Do that. And and I think people will will. I think people would appreciate that. I will be interested in two years <laughs> after all of this is done. I will be interested in a documentary about this. Just about like here's the story of a, an indie development studio and an indie development studio head who get, got in over their heads, right? And like hearing from them about like yeah, it was so stressful because of like all of this and we didn't know how to like say that we are not associated with Hideo Kojima because of like the reputation he has. And once the internet gets their fingers in this, like they can't let go, you know. So, yeah. uh, interesting. I. I'm so, I'm still like interested in this. Like, yeah, it's just it's just it's the the fascinating sub story to everything that's going on. And uh, you know, uh, I'm I'm glad he did the interview. Like, I, I, it sucks that people are giving him negative feedback about it. Um, yeah. and like adding him with the negative feedback. Um, I will say that is typical of the internet Moriarty audience. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I, it's just keep. Keep giving giving us little nuggets, Blue Box. Just show show us. Be yeah. be more communicative while being less communicative, right? Like, don't make yes. promises. Just show like give people like not even what they're just asking for. Yeah, just like yeah. show people like this is what the game is. We're not fake, and you can do that by showing a screenshot other than a foot. Yes, because also I don't know. Uh, writing about this game is hard because you need featured images. <laughs> and there's like two. And you don't want to just keep reusing the same ones because then, right. like, you know, it's hard to, like, distinguish. But, um, oh, gosh. Remember when they showed the, the blurry face of the guy with the eye patch? Which is the brother, <laughs> the bad guy. That's the bad guy. Oh, okay. Sure. You confirmed okay. that, that that is, he said, eye patch guy, the bad guy. Not Snake. Not Snake. It's not Snake. Or any of the other. Big Is Big Boss? Big Hoss? No, that's from Pawn Stars. No, Big Boss is, Big Hoss is maybe from Pawn Stars. Big Boss is the I character. Think. Yeah. Solid Snake. Liquid <laughs> Snake. Know. Big boss, it's, small it's boss. It's very confusing to me. Fat man. Have you played Metal Gear? No. <laughs> There's literally a boss. Okay, this is. I'm not lying. There's a boss called Fat Man. Yeah. Who that runs makes sense. around That's... on roller skates. Okay, less sense. And uh, tries to plant bombs. His like whole thing is like, he makes bombs. So he basically the whole boss fight is you trying to defuse the bombs while while shooting him on his roller skates. Well, that makes uh, the roller skates doesn't make sense, but the fact that he makes bombs makes sense. Yeah, but the roller skates are totally normal. Yeah, there's also a vampire boss too. It's pretty cool because well, of the fat man, right? The the bomb. You're talking oh. about? Well, he's was fat the, too. So well, sure. But sure, like but your the, idea the, makes sense. The the, the, from, the atomic uh, bomb. World War Two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, well, well, you made things make more sense for me. Happy to help, man. Thank you. Very happy to help. Thank you. Well, hey, if you want help make sense for us no if you have any questions or thoughts or feelings about anything <laughs> we've said <laughs> i messed that right up uh whether it's about blue box game studios about the cancellation of e3 and the delay of legend of zelda breath of the wild uh 2 whatever the name of that is so surprised we haven't gotten a name but whatever um or anything else we talked about Go ahead and send us a tweet on Hitbox, uh, sorry, on Twitter at HitboxPod, or send us an email at HitboxOfficialPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you are listening to this on some sort of Spotify, Apple Podcasts, other podcast player, and it would mean a whole lot if you would give us a little review. Um, 
uh, on whatever platform you're listening and subscribe, follow whatever verbiage your platform uses. That would be ideal. That would be great. We would appreciate that and love it. Am I forgetting anything here, Justin? Uh, no. Uh, so the podcast that I'm talking about, the Sacred Symbols one, is coming out Tuesday for free. So it should be out already. So if you do want to hear it, um, I just think it's some good context. Uh, some nuggets are released the whole time. And I, I think it's just if you are a skeptic, if you are interested, just listen to it. Um, the more we I think we hear from Hassan, the better it is. Yeah, I agree. Um, hey, thanks so much for listening. We will catch you next week for episode number 87. But until then, always remember, old games are old. Bye. Bye. I'll stop recording. <laughs> <laughs>